This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast with your host, the Pit Lane Rogue. Welcome to the Fox Motorsports Supercar Podcast, wrapping up all the action from the Auckland Super Sprint, and wow, what a weekend it was. There was stuff going on everywhere. And to break it down, we've got our regular gang of buffoons. Uh, welcome, Will Dale from vhsleuth.com.au. Welcome, Will. Hey, you got it right. Well done. That's going to take some uh, getting around. I, I know I'm going to slip up at some point, but welcome from your new establishment. It's good to have you along for the ride. It's nice to be here. It's a beautiful day in Melbourne too. Excellent. To be sitting in a car in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, welcome for our regular contributor from Erebus Motorsport, the fifth best driver in the uh, supercar field, David Reynolds. Welcome along, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Fifth best, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we need to we need to lift you up the uh, championship order a little bit. Uh, and Hello. our very special guest from DJR Team Penske, uh, Ryan Story. Ryan, welcome along as well. Oh, it's a pleasure when five people before me say no. <laughs> <laughs> we only had four, but that's okay. <laughs> oh. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, now, Ryan, one of the big talking points uh, from this part of the year, and uh, it really happened this week, is you had your first hit out in the Mustang. How did uh, Tell us how that went. It was a very special day and the culmination of a huge amount of work to get that thing going. And we only had some panels. The last uh, Some of the last body panels for that only showed up just before the weekend, so it was a Fairly, uh, fairly slapstick show to get it to, to get it to Queensland Raceway yesterday, and we had a pretty smooth day, and a lot of a lot of interesting and polarising reaction on socials, which is which is good. <laughs> we like we like people talking about things, and you know, it reminds me of a it reminds me of a great quote from Enzo Ferrari: "A race car is neither beautiful nor ugly, and uh, at, at all, it's it becomes beautiful when it wins a race." So we're hoping mm. it becomes beautiful very early on in the season, twenty nineteen. That is true. Like when cars, like no matter how ugly they are, when they start winning, you, you tend to look at it differently, don't you? Mm. <laughs> exactly mm. right. But it's it's interesting though that the car, the, the car. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I'm going to get in trouble with Ford saying this, but I, I haven't seen a particularly good photo of the car. Mm. But in the flesh, it looks it looks pretty true. Yeah, I, I guess with that camouflage, the camouflage livery they had on yesterday, it kind of hid most of the the beautiful oh, parts. Wow. But, um, I mean, I, I saw it was like, well, it looks like a Mustang. It kind of is what it, you know, looks what it says on the box. But the overwhelming thing that I was thinking about is what did the drivers think? You had Scotty Mack there have a drive yesterday and then Fabian Coulthard. What was their response to it? Well, they were pretty satisfied. They said the balance felt very similar to Falcon, which is what we were aiming for. Um, basically, what we've, what we've done is it's a complete new aero package, but we've just tried to refine the balance a little bit. Uh, based on what we know and what we see is some some weaknesses with the overall package that we have. And the the Mustang's a slightly smaller car, but it's still significantly bigger than the ZB. So we know we're probably not quite going to get the numbers, some of the numbers that the ZB gets, but we know we can put something together that's competitive. So the early feedback was was very encouraging. And uh, and we, we've basically spent, the guys have had an all-nighter here. They've, they've basically only left the workshop at 4.30 this morning. Uh, just getting it ready for its next next test day, which happens later this week. Um, uh, is it good in seeing all the work that you've done and, you know, everything that's being talked about to actually finally see it on the track? Well, it's, I mean, this, this thing goes back to the beginning of 2017. I mean, the first thing, uh, the first week that Ludo started with us, he and I went down to Tickford in Melbourne and, and sat down with Tim Edwards and Nathaniel Osborne and we sort of talked about, okay, how can we... How can we make the Mustang fit the control shell, and can we physically do it? And then there's been a lot of a lot of back and forth between our respective teams, and Team Penske in, in the United States, and Ford and Ford Performance. And then it all sort of culminated about a year ago, almost to the day, when Ford decided that they'd embark upon a feasibility study to see whether we could actually make this thing happen or not. And then, of course, the decision was was well, we were given the green light to go earlier this year. So a lot of stuff's had to happen in an awful quick hurry. And it's one of those things where how much do you commit and invest into a project like this if you don't have the support of the manufacturer? So for us, we really began work in earnest at the beginning of the the beginning of the year. Dave, you saw the spy photos like everyone else yesterday. What are your thoughts on seeing this thing on track? 
I thought it actually looked pretty good. I was just uh, amazed at the size of the rear wing and that massive end plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. The, the the end plate's definitely the talking point, but, but uh, the, end, the actual wing itself is the same as on the FGX. Same, yeah, same I don't doubt that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, aero is a funny, th- funny thing, isn't it, to like to gauge and to measure and to to figure out how even it is across all the cars, isn't it? Like it's... It's one of those unknown things, unless they pay for wind tunnel start wind tunnel um, to get fully tested. You'll never really know. Yeah, that's that's. I mean that 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 is ultimate. That's the ultimate measure for it for sure. But I think what they're doing now is uh, they do some, some some rudimentary CFD testing. I think they get a they certainly have a better understanding than just the straight line testing alone. But it's certainly yeah. an area of investment that if we could justify it, it would it would it would be it would lead us to a more 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 parative system. So, I always thought those straight line the straight line handling tests were always kind of flawed, and they felt really weird when you were doing them. Well, especially if well, you're you get, doing it Woomera, because you get in trouble for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. Don't tell after that; it's a sore point. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, Ryan, what was the the overwhelming feedback that you received on the on the car yesterday? Uh, it was it was very positive. I think a lot of people are really pleased to see this project get off the ground. They can't wait to see it in its real war paint because the the camo the camo camo livery is there for a reason. Mm. Uh, so, so once I think once we see see them in our respective war paints, there'll be a hell of a lot more love for the car. But it's just great to bring Mustang into supercars mm. and for Ford to be mm. Ford, Ford to be backing it to the hilt. So as I was driving home on my regular commute last night, I was thinking about the Mustang photos and the ZB and everything. If we've got the, the two cars at the Mustang, which it kind of needs to fit over the car of the future chassis and kind of looks stretched at the top, and the ZB, which is the same, should we not just shorten the roll hoop to make both of them fit on the, the, the same chassis but then, you know, bring it down so it looks more Mustang-ish? Well, there's a couple of reasons why that hasn't happened. And we, we originally sought for supercars to allow us and the commission to allow us to do it and it was knocked back. So we effectively played with the, with the toys that we had in our toy box. To make a big change like that requires a, a massive cost and expense for everyone to adapt accordingly. Everyone would then need to redo all of their aero studies for the cars that they're racing. And you'd end up with some parity issues as well. But, but the number one reason why it hasn't been done is the reason why the roll hoop's as high as it is in the first place. And when the car of the future was first put together, the main roll hoop was straight up. Mm. Uh, and they modified it so that it was on an angle and lifted it because drivers like Garth Tander and Steve Johnson at the time sat in the car and their helmet was touching the hoop. Right. So it was basically set up that way to accommodate the four drivers and they lowered the floor pan and lifted that hoop up. So that that's the reason why we are where we are. And I know that the Walkinshaw... Welcome to a team to, to see the roll hoop lowered for the purposes of Camaro. My, my position of it completely separate to, I currently wear two hats on the, on the supercars commission as well as being, being the team boss here at the race team. It's, it's one of those things where I'd like to see a study on it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see some research and, 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 and an assessment of what it would actually cost to do that and what the, what the impacts would be to what we have at the moment. And I think then we can make a decision on what the next car looks like because it's not a change that we could make for 2020. So it's not something that the sport would be opposed to full stop. It's a question of getting the data and understanding the implications of what the full implications of what the change would make. That's how I see it. Fair enough. Um, so with all the talk about the Mustang, You've got a very, very successful current Falcon FGX there that's right in the thick of the title battle. What is happening to Scotty's car? Because that, for next year, because it's one of the more significant Falcons, you would say, in terms of its racing history. It's taken a lot of wins. It's second only in terms of championship race wins to Marcus Ambrose's BA. Uh, What's happening with that car next year? Because I'm assuming it's not being converted to Mustang. At this stage, it's not being converted, so uh, we'd, we'd like to keep that one for posterity. And uh, we, we, we've got two cars that, uh, that are pretty special to us in terms of our DJR Team Penske history, and that's the car that Fabian drove last year, which has been our spare this year. That won our first race, 
as DJR Team Penske. And then, of course, Scott's Chariot, which did the 2038 around Bathurst in the shootout and uh, and won all those races. So they're two very special cars, and we, we'd like to we'd like to keep on, keep them and hang on to them as they are. Nice. Would you would you end up sending one of them to the Team Penske in the US, or would you keep both of them at the the workshop? That's what we'd like to do, and we've wanted to do that for some time, even potentially sending a show car over there, but uh, the series has been quite resistant to that. So I think that now that the Falcon will no longer be an eligible supercar, I think we might have a little bit of a, a little bit a little bit of a better argument for, for making something like that happen. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the the weekend that was, because wow, there were some big talking points to come out. Um, first of all, the first thing I'd like to say is what a, what a great crowd there was at, at Pukekohe over the weekend, you know, 110,000 mm. people, and, like, the place was looked nice and full, and there was people everywhere. It was good to see uh, the New Zealanders come out and uh, and support their own. Will? Do you want me to talk? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't realise I knew that was no, correct. No, no. <laughs> well, I can talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, any time you go to New Zealand, like, the... the the Pukekohe around, especially the crowd, is always super involved and super electric. They've got a lot of Kiwis involved in supercars, and they they really get behind them. Like um, at the start of the shootout, any any well, like for the whole shootout, any Kiwi that was in the shootout, and all five of them made it um, mm. in the in the top ten. Uh, the like the crowd goes absolutely ballistic when they start their laps. So. And that was a really cool thing to see. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they probably weren't clapping for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's I, all right. I yeah. understand it. I don't mind. But yeah, mate, in New Zealand, they've got they don't like it. You know, they're this. I think they're um that they they follow they only follow rugby or racing. That's the two sports they only follow. I think anyway. You know, cricket they they're pretty shit at. Um, <laughs> Most other sports they're pretty pretty lame at. Yeah. So, but rug, rugby and racing seems to be their forte. Yep. A Kiwi driver who shall go who who shall remain nameless once said that there's only 11 people in New Zealand that follow cricket. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The players. Yeah. Yeah. Not even their families. But um, yeah. Look, I was <laughs> I, I was loitering around the back of the pits during that top ten shootout, and the the noise when those the, the five Kiwis yeah, was, came out was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. Is it time then that we – and I'm going to throw this open to all three of them. Is it time then that we had a, a second round in New Zealand and South Island, say, Hampton Downs? I think everyone I think would love to see it. I think the, the, the biggest challenge we have is just making sure that, the, that the, the event that we have washes its face properly, and that's been one of the challenges over the last couple of years. In fact, it even became a bit of a challenge this year just because the, yes. the freight bill that we had mm. to get over, the, over there was – Astronomically expensive, um, based on yep. the demand for 747 freight freight birds at that uh, at this time of year. So I think that it requires again. I'm, I'm sort of wearing this word out, but it requires an economic study. Yeah, yeah. It was actually po- possibly looked at at getting dropped next year by all reports. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because we, we need. Don't, I mean, what we need. What we need more than anything is for for our Kiwi fans to get out there and support their support their brothers who you know tend to be pretty damn good at steering race cars and the more people that support it over there the the, the more secure that event will be and then we'll be able to look towards the future of of, of maybe doing a twin header down there. I yeah, think we'd all love to do it. Yeah, I think they get a lot of. I think I think you can't get much more support than what they already get. Like they get a fair bit, mm. but if the government would help out with some incentive, I think that would steer us there a bit mm. more often. Yeah, chip sure. in, you because know, I know they were talking about, like this year they were talking about sea freighting stuff over and then it, you know, they oh, managed man. to get that some... that would have been a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, I think it's, though we can talk about that for next year, but I think they come to a deal or something because that's why there's the big gap. Anyway, um, yeah, I'd yeah, like... Yeah, so there's C, that's the plan, there's sea freighting next year, which is why the calendar is the way that it is. Mm. So that'll be that'll be interesting because it's, it's like a couple of weeks, a week across or something. I don't know what it is. Anyway... Um, it was good to see uh, at Pukekohe the the two contenders in um, SVG and Scotty Mack kind of gloves off, battling it out all through Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Ryan, let's let's talk about a couple of the incidents that between uh, between those two combatants, as one of them is uh, is one of your boys. Um, the SVG bump and run. He was given a five second penalty for that. Do you think that was 
fair or was it – I know Scotty said he would have kind of done the same thing and it maybe should have been a racing incident, but what was your thoughts on it? I think it uh, it was probably right on the on the borderline. Certainly didn't warrant a drive-through, um, but uh, basically – I think the way that it landed was 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 probably about right. Mm-hmm. Um, he lifted his rear wheels off the off off the deck, basically unsettled him. And you know, it's one of those things where it's it's hard to find that balance when you're a race driver when you know you're going to get someone. And we weren't we weren't at the last lap of the race. We weren't you know within within a few laps of the checker. Probably a bit being a bit more patient behind him, he would have uh, he would have got that spot anyway. Yeah, well, um, Dave. From your point, have you seen the the incident after the the race? What did you? Uh, yeah. What did you think of it? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like it's it's kind of very Van Gisbergeny to mm-hmm. do stuff like that. But otherwise, if you if you look at where the where the supercar employees put the um you know first, second, third banners, it looks like he just pulled up close to the middle and. It sort of blocked him in. <laughs> I don't, I'm, 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 so I'm not really sure if he meant it or he did. But if if he did mean it, you know, I've, I've never heard of anyone being a, a sore winner before. Yep. Like it's it's kind of I don't know, but you know, hopefully he didn't mean it. It was just a mistake. Well, that, that's yeah. That that was the that was the second incident that I was going to refer to in a second. But in the oh, what, which one were you talking so about? So in the race, um, SVG comes, comes right up on Scotty and kind of bumps him, bumps him, bumps him, and unsettles him and got a, a five second penalty for it. Oh, the pass. Yeah. Do the pass, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. I was talking about something there. We'll we'll get to that in a second. But um, have you you had the bump and run on you with um, from SVG? Um, I've had the the bump, the bump, the bump, the bump, and then in the fence, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's not, you know, know, he's a very hard racer. He's obviously trying to win the championship. He was racing the, the the championship leader. Um, he lifted the wheel the rear wheels off the ground to do it, and I can understand a five second penalty. Yeah, and it's it was interesting because I heard I was standing down in, in pit lane. And I heard that he was given a five second penalty, and the crowd kind of went. There was a lot of applause and a lot of you know cheers when that happened. Then um, he went on to win, and they they applauded again. So I was I guess they were fifty fifty. <laughs> I couldn't work out which way it was, whether you know whether they were for him or against him or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? Now the let's talk about the the pit lane penalty because it's it's one it was one of the biggest most contentious issues across the weekend. Um, was it fair? Was it not fair? Did the penalty fit the crime? What do you think, Ryan? I know that you guys lodged a. Uh, an appeal? The, no, the non-penalty, you mean? Yeah, the not yes. Of spinning the wheels. Yeah. Let, well, let's all have yeah. a roundtable discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I was uh, I, I I missed the first race that I've missed for five years due to a a family uh, medical emergency, unfortunately. So I was watching from home, but furiously writing up protests, submissions, and all these other things. <laughs> <laughs> It kept me fairly busy. Yep. Um, but uh, the, for us, um, look, let's call a spade a spade. I didn't expect that we would be successful with our protest, but I thought that it was important to to effectively test the result mm-hmm. and the yes. response. Yep. And I think that it warranted review. Um, yes. Uh, what concerned me was that the evidence that was submitted indicating the precedent of not completing a full revolution, not being a penalty, all related to David at Bathurst and at, at Adelaide. And, yep. and basically what, what those what those instances entailed was Dave putting the car in gear and maybe not having his foot on the brake. Mm-hmm. So instead of just that, that normal clunk that you see when the, the gear engages, it went clunk and just spun half a revolution. Now, to us, that's still, that's still part of the slight movement surrounding a gear change it's the second move that we were most sort of concerned about and then yes, we went yeah. back through the archives you know you don't have a the race teams have very limited access to the archives in the same way that television do obviously mm-hmm. you know we found an incident from 2015 where less than a revolution was completed and it was a penalty and another one from 17 we found and we found one particularly interesting one from darwin in 2013 that involved triple eight and then Dutton sort of getting on the telly saying um, you know, it was less than a revolution, but 
bends the rules, the wheels can't move, and that's what a penalty is. So I, I took, a, I, took a, <laughs> I had a bit of a chuckle at that one, but, uh, but you know, it is what it is, and it is what it is, and we'll move on from it. But I think what it does is that it now sets a precedent that, that everyone has a clear understanding of, whereas I don't think that was the case before. Well, in in the rule, it says you, you, the wheels cannot be rotating when it's getting lowered to the ground. Yeah, isn't that correct? And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And uh, to be completely honest, I've done it a few times, and because, like you know, as a driver, you you, uh, you engage first gear, you're sort of looking, you're looking in the rearview mirror, waiting for the um, fuel guy to pull out, and then you kind of the fuel and the spike guy should go out together if they're in sync. But if there's a little bit of a mismatch there, you kind of almost you almost start you're going you're driving into pit lane before you get lowered, mm-hmm. and Oh, that's happened a few times to me, and I thought I was going to get done. I was waiting for a call on the radio, um, you know, to come into pit lane because you were, you know, spinning the wheels as you were getting lowered, but it never came. So I kind of I thought I got away with it, but obviously I didn't. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was on TV. <laughs> were you surprised, David, that some of the examples that were given were all you? Uh, y- yes. <laughs> I don't like being used as an example in like a court case or anything. <laughs> it's not a no good feeling. <laughs> no one does. But you know, the thing is, it's one of those things that the the rules are written uh, in black and white. And what the stewards basically said is that is that the DRD, the deputy race director, has discretion in in that application. And the the key thing from where we sit is we just want to see consistency, mm. and we yeah. need and we need to have some communication in 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 some of those areas. So. If, if we're foaming at the mouth because a penalty hasn't been issued, but they have unbeknownst to us been applying, implying it a different way or have a, a different interpretation or there's some sort of, uh, there's some sort of precedent that they've said or convention around the rule. Yeah, they I need think to rewrite the rule. Yeah. They need to rewrite the rule mm. first and Make foremost. It plain for the following, and simple. For the following season, the rule needs to be rewritten, but in the meantime, it needs to be communicated to all competitors. Hey, this is how we're policing this one, boys. Well, I had yeah. a I had a, a chat with um, Mark Scaife. We were debating the the rule and everything else, and and he was talking about that there should be a, a, a an appendix in there with why the rule has been written. So an intent. So the yeah. the intent with the rule is to stop mechanics' hands being or someone getting injured with their hands still on the wheel if the wheels spin. Yes. Yeah. So if that was applied to that, if the intent was applied to that rule, would a penalty have been given? That's that's the way I look at it. And we debated this on the way home from the track with some of my colleagues. And exactly what we were debating is if a is a rotation uh, so yeah, is a rotation, a full rotation, or is it just a movement? And it was exactly what they were debating in the in the stewards inquiry. So it was the rule book the rule book should say the rule book should be amended for next year to say full revolution. Yeah. But, but Mark's absolutely right. The original intent of that rule is all around safety and the protest that I submitted and that Ben defended was that safety is a, is a, is a, is an issue. And the, the question, the fundamental question then becomes, can, can a member of the pit crew take their finger off or injure themselves if a wheel doesn't do a full rotation? And I argue that yes, yes, actually it still can. can. Mm. Yeah. Mm. For 100%. sure. And if the That's rule just, becomes that, a full, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say something. So I was just going to basically say that that wasn't ultimately how it was dealt with. And basically mm. what's been enforced is that the DRD has discretion in, in those and in any other incident. Well, the problem is if it's if the rule then becomes must be a full rotation, then you then if someone someone's going to lob up and say, well, no, it actually rotated 359 degrees. That's not a full rotation. <laughs> if it, I think if it's rotating, I think, you know, that should be the same as a rotation, shouldn't it? Well, well a rotation, you could, you could almost <laughs> argue that. Rotating. You could, you could, so the word, the words that are in the rules are rotate and rotating. Mm. The, the word rotation, which could imply a full 160 degree revolution of the wheel is actually not in the rules. It's not a yeah. word that's used in those rules. And that was also, I mean, the last thing you want to do with these things is deal with semantics and deal with bullshit mm. semantics. Yeah. But basically well, the argument that we tried to put was the wheels turned. Here's some examples where we've seen penalties applied for this instance before going back, going back a couple of years, even to the beginning of the Carter Future era. 
Um, it's not understood that there's any any alternate view to this. There's safety issues, and that's that's what the original intent of these rules were. And it's clear that the first movement of the wheels was the gear selection. The second movement of the wheels was the clutch, 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 yeah. or clutch, mm. clutch engagement. Yeah. So it was, and that, I mean that's it. We we from our perspective, we move on. We reacted the right way. We took took, oh, took that. That defeat mm. on the chin, and then went and smoked them on the racetrack. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and the, the overwhelming thing that I was uh, I wanted to chat about is, did the process take too long? From when the, you know, the incident happened on Saturday, and it wasn't until Sunday afternoon that there was um, an announcement put out with the the non penalty. Did it take too long to get from res- from incident to result? Well, I, I sort of, I'm heavily biased in that view in that I've been on the wrong end of that stick a couple of times. If you think back to Newcastle last year, oh, we man. received a, we received a pit lane penalty before the checkered flag within, within less than a minute of an incident taking mm. place. I think that was almost a world record. And then also <laughs> at, uh, also at Eastern Creek last year, we got a penalty and then subsequently the penalty quadrupled. So it was just one of these, one of these things that, that happens. And, you know, you, you, I think that there's, I think that there's, there's pressure on those guys. It's a job that nobody wants, and mm. it's one of those things mm. that it's one of those jobs where I think you 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 open up, you put a job ad up. Basically, anyone who applies for it is immediately ruled out from ever having it. <laughs> I think that's how you need that's how you need to work this that's how you need to work this job. So it's it's a tough gig. It's yeah. a really tough gig, and you know the demands that we put on them around consistency and and clarity and communication are pretty heavy. So and and no matter what happens. Someone's going to be pleased. And someone's going to be pissed off. Yeah. All in all, I think Michael Always. Massey. Michael Massey mm. does a very good job. Mm. Craig oh, Bear does a very good job. They I think do they're, the, they do they better. Do a, than, sorry, man. They do like since they've come in, the it's been a lot better than it has been in the past. I've noticed anyway. Mm. A lot of. I agree, I agree mm. completely. Yeah. I agree completely. You're I always going to have someone complaining though. You're always. It's just, it's just, it's just human nature. You write a rule. There's always going to be conjecture, and someone complain, and someone lose out, someone win. It's just always going to be the way. Yeah, and that's what, and it's, it's, it gives us discussion points. We're talking about it for like 20 minutes now. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. no, well, no, and I agree. I think, I think both of those guys do a tremendous job. Michael is very professional and methodical in his approach. And my only criticisms around it are just around the, the communication of it and the, and the consistency of it. But I understand the decision that they came to. We accept the decision that they came to and we move on. And I think it does open up an opportunity for us to, to perhaps sharpen the pencil a little bit and maybe change the wording with a couple of these things into next year. Cool. It's that communication thing because, like, it, I, it was a shock, obviously, to you guys, as you said, that the the precedent had been set and you weren't aware. And that's what – but it's that lack of communication, unfortunately, to the fans that saw such a massive, massive reaction on social media. I mean, if if the teams aren't aware of what these precedents are – how, are the fan, how else are the fans expected to react to seeing this and being and seeing the rule saying, "Well, you can't, it can't rotate." Of course, the fans are going to be yeah. very upset. Mm. And, and I hear Roland's. I mean, I heard Roland's point quite clearly. And Roland stated that you know, if you tell everyone your tolerances and you tell everyone the where you know where the rules can be met and what have you, then everyone's going to take the piss and, and do just that. But I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think I don't think you're going to take the risk on potentially doing less than half a rotation when, you, when you're getting dropped from the jacks. I don't think I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's okay. there's certain there's certain exceptions to that, but I think on balance and on the whole, where there's a real clear line of communication in what you can and can't do, I think that's going to be kept. And knowing that it's going to be meticulously policed as it is by these guys. You're not going to take the piss, and you're not going to tread too mm. close to the line. Just it just won't happen. So where, where are they going to where are they going to go? Like, there's going to go. It's going to go two ways. Maybe eventually, if we we can't write the rule properly, it's either going to go back to what we used to do and spin the wheels like buggery and get the best drive out of you know your pit box ever, or it's going to go maybe GT way and you're going to have to turn the engine off when you do a pit stop mm. and restart yeah. again when it lands. Yeah. Yeah, no. And in many, and in many ways, that that would be if you're talking about safety, and if you want to bring it back to safety, that is by far the best way. Absolutely. Mm. One of the other big talking points on the Saturday, and Dave, you kind of alluded to it before, was um, a little bit of uh, Park Ferme uh, scuffling, shall we say, on on Saturday with uh, uh, SVG playing a little bit of gamesmanship and parking Scotty in, which kind of 
you know, added to the drama and the theatre across the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan, you, you guys had to kind of drag, I know you weren't there, but your, your boys had to drag Scotty back so he could get out of the car. Uh, um, I, I, was, uh, I was watching in a state of disbelief. And, you know, even, even, the, even the arguments <laughs> after that he was in the middle of the one board, I saw photos of it. No, he wasn't. Yeah, um, I don't think so. he was a little bit. Uh, I, I think the, the thing about Giz is, to his eternal credit, he is... He's probably one of the best thinkers out there on a racetrack, and he was clearly pretty pissed to have got a penalty after what he thought was a racing incident and all those sorts of things, and he was pretty jubilant when they showed him on the in-car, and I don't think he meant anything, any malice or any miscontent, but uh, it certainly uh, it certainly uh, marked us, put a stake in the ground for us. Yeah, it was, it was interesting in the, the press conference. So I, I, like I was watching it, and Scotty was like, oh, you know, if it... You know, if I win tomorrow, I'm going to do the same and kind of drop the mic, as if to say, well, and then on Sunday when he won, he was, um, SVG was out of the car, quick smart, before Scotty got there, so <laughs> I think he was, he was like, oh, he's going to do the back. Um, it, it My only of... issue with what, what he did, if you're going to do that, own it. Yeah. Be that guy. Yeah. Be the guy who did, yep, yep, I totally do. Be, yeah, be I'm the trying villain. to get into his Be head. the villain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, be the villain. Just do it. Yeah. We we all know that he meant it, regardless of what he says. I yeah. It's a bit like running out of fuel on the last lap in Sunday's races. It's the it's the it's the bullshit that surrounds it that you sort of think why? Oh, what? Yeah, Who cares? Get on get on with it. But the thing is, I mean, David knows this as well as anyone. You you do what you can to motivate your troops mm. and to to Absolutely. win races and ultimately hopefully to win championships. You have to have everyone pulling in the same direction. From where I sit running this team, part of that was being prepared to stand up for ourselves and protest that result on Saturday. Yep, now, exactly. Exactly a sane, right. A sane, mm. a sane man knows that the protest is unlikely to be successful, but you do it to show your boys you're prepared to fight for mm-hmm. every little skerrick to give them every opportunity to win. And then on Saturday afternoon after a race when the, the star steerer gets blocked in like that, you use that again to motivate yourself to yeah. get yourselves up and do the best job that you can. That's, that's what, that's what you have to do. And you have to take every, you have to see every, Everything, that, whether it goes for you or against you, you have to see it as an opportunity to drive your troops forward. I don't, exactly. I don't think I've ever, that I can remember, seen socials light up the way they did across Saturday night, across all things <laughs> after the after what transpired on Saturday. Um, you know, I think everyone had their say at some point, and it was it, it got a little bit out of control. There was a few people that probably took it a little bit too far, but. <laughs> we should we on should read some media, of their comments out. Yeah, we uh, should read some of their comments out. Oh, I, I don't know if we should feed I think the trolls. Libel and defamation means we can't. We probably can't. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I think is good that we have that have that those those passionate people and I'll, you know. I'll, that, I'll, put, I'll put you on the other. I'll put you on the other side of the fence. I turned off my social presence at the beginning of the year after Adelaide because I was getting death threats over what I said about the Commodore. But I, yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think it's fantastic, though. I, yeah. I love it. I think it's great because yeah, so it shows good. that our fans have got passion. I, I absolutely, absolutely love it. Now, now, look, I, now I turned mine off because I, I, it was it became a bit of a distraction for me. But uh, I, I've got no no qualms, no no gripes whatsoever with fans red, fans blue, mm. going out there and saying their piece. You just you have to have you have to be respectful, and you have to correct. You have to have uh, mm. you have to have uh, you have to occasionally. Uh, so, so shows to manners, but on the whole, but for for our supporters, for our friends, for our enemies, to be prepared to hit the keyboards and say what they think, shows that they're watching, yeah. shows that they're interested in what we're doing. I think it's fantastic. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, on Sunday, it was uh, Scotty that uh, that proved the doubters wrong. There, Ryan. He kind of uh, there was a few people saying that he kind of you know head wise what was letting SVG get get into his head and everything else, but he. Roll the sleeves up on Sunday and, and took the win under immense pressure. He did. It was, it was one of his best drives for us by far. It was a very mature, very sensible drive. He was given really good pitch strategy by the boys. His fuel economy was good. He's genuinely very good with his fuel economy anyway. But it, it basically got him to the front. Mm. And the car was fast enough because Ludo and Richard and the guys worked on it overnight and they tuned it up a bit and it made up for the fact that we lost a practice session on Friday. Yep. I think if that hadn't have happened, we would have had a bit more race pace on Saturday anyway. 
but they basically gave him a good car. They put him in the best position and the most commanding position he can be in, and he drove the wheels off it. Mm. Wincup was mm. giving him everything. I mean, Win, Wincup, to his credit, is a clean, classy oh, racer. Yeah, absolutely. And there was, He's one of the best out there. He is by far. And look, there was a there was a little bit of there, there was a bit of a bit of bit of panel rub and all those sorts of things, but it was all healthy. Mm. And Scott withstood the pressure and came out on top. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Wincup was all over him when he came when he came out of the pits, and I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go because you know, but he he held him off and drove off into the distance, which is good. Um, Wincup and his fuel issues. Uh, <laughs> 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 wow, uh, where do we start on that? Uh, is it is it kind of like Barrichello and Schumacher? Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You could kind of like. Yeah, sitting in the, the OB truck, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go because, you know, Wing Cup was quite a bit ahead and then SVG was coming and coming, got past Lowndes and he yeah, actually got past you, Davey, and then got past Lowndes and know. kept coming and coming I, and then, oh. I tried to do my best to hold him off, but his car was too too good. <laughs> yeah. You had a, you yeah, had a really good battle, you, you two guys, before he, before he got past. Yeah, and I was having the biggest battle with Lowndes for the last, like, 25 laps. And then sort of he, he come in and, like, screwed all the momentum and then Lowndes got me as well. Yeah. So I was ever so ever so devastated when, when they both got past me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's risk and reward, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah, the, biggest, the biggest reward to Triple Eight and to Gears' championship would have been for Win Cup to get ahead of Scotty in the race. Mm. And when, when, it, when they got past the point and they returned, they had the car swap positions. Now, look. If if, I, if, the, if the, the shoe was on the other foot, and it was our cars in that position, I, I probably would have found a way for for them to swap places. Yeah, but absolutely. It wouldn't You're have doing been the best for the team. It wouldn't have been the way that it was done Sunday <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is you don't want the, the last thing you want to do is sort of make a mockery of the fans, and mm. and, and and I think that you you kind of do when. You, when something like that happens and you sort of put your hand up and say, no, 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 you know, look over here. And I made a joke during the, during the weekend about the Chewbacca defense in South Park. I love that. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's my, that's my favorite episode. And that's, uh, and that's, that's what I, I was going to post. Up, I was going to post something like that, like Roland's done the Chewbacca defense again. <laughs> well, I, I posted that on my Twitter feed, which has about 12 followers. Oh, <laughs> I would have reposted it. <laughs> oh no! So okay, so for the, for those uh, for those people who are not South Park watchers, what's the the Chewbacca defense? Go to my Twitter feed and have a look. Oh, okay. it's the best. It's so good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I mean, like it, I, I, allegedly, team orders are in the the rule book to you know that are outlaid. But I mean, how do you do? You, if it was you, Ryan, would you tell the boys beforehand? Look, if he's in front of you and you get this close back off a little bit? I mean, how do you organise something like that that's not blatant? It's, it's pre-planned. It's always yeah. pre-planned. Yeah, like even back in the past, I've been part of some of the other teams that always had pre-planned strategies or, you know, words to use and it's, it's all pre-planned, that stuff. Yeah. No, no multi-21? No multi-21 <laughs> said. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead the I'm gonna plead the Fifth Amendment to not incriminate myself here. Perfect. But, but David's absolutely on the money. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, you have to, the, the guys have always got to have a team, a team first mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and especially at this time of year now, where there's only two blokes who are in the mathematical contention for the championship. And every single member of those respective teams, drivers included, will do whatever they can to see their guy win. Yep. Mm. Um, what, what's probably what, work what, 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 sorry, what goes for Shane is he's got two other like, armed enforcers at his back trying to help him out. And mm. I don't think Scott has that, which is, you know, if he wins, it's going to be a, a massive achievement for himself and the team as well. Yeah, you... I think Fabs has, Fabs has had a pretty tough year. Yeah, yeah, he's had a very tough year. And it's and it's out of it's out of sorts for him. I mean, this time last year he was well and truly in in contention for the championship. I mean, he mm. left Bathurst last year with orange numbers on the car. So yep. we 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 have we have complete faith in in Fab's ability that if we can give him the right package, he'll be right up there too. And that's what we expect from him next year. But in the meantime, we know full well he's going to do everything he can to to try and help uh, help get the team a result. So a Fab and he was strong struggles. at Newcastle last year. Yeah, as exactly. Well. It's yeah, important to remember. Second on Saturday before, and was solid on Sunday before the Transaxle failure. Yeah, 
and the, and the pit lane penalties that we won't mention. No. Um, so are Fats <laughs> struggles because he has a new engineer this year or what's going on? What's, what's, what's the overwhel- his overwhelming factor? No, we've, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a fairly good sort of view of it. And a lot of it is what we've had to do to Falcon to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically, you know, every, every year you turn up to a racetrack and you sort of start your setup window pretty similar to how you finished there last year. We haven't been able to do that because if we did that, we wouldn't be competitive. Mm. And basically we've ended up with a car that's, that's loose and it doesn't necessarily suit Fabian's driving style mm. as well as it suits Scott's. So the challenge, the challenge for us is trying to make a car fast that's, that still suits his driving style and allow him to get everything out of it. And we've had more successful days than, than others. Um, that's for sure. Fundamentally, Fabian's a left foot breaker as well, which, you know, there's not many of them in the category anymore. I think he's probably the only one. And the car reacts a lot differently to a left foot breaker than a right foot breaker. Mm. Cause yeah, there's that I mean, tiny, there's that tiny bit of overlap in the throttle. Yeah. If I, Let's let's not forget if 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 I didn't skewer him with pit lane strategy at Gold Coast, he would have taken home the surfboard and stood on the top step of the podium. Mm. There, so true, so true, he's, true. He's still, he's there's there's nothing wrong with him or his or his style. It's just that with what we've tried to do to make the car fast, it's it's not it's not necessarily as compatible as what it's been in the past. And that's something we need to keep working on and trying to address as best as we can. Because we need, you know, for, for lack of a better way of putting it, we need two bullets in our gun every time we every time we get the racetrack. Yeah, because I mean, you guys uh, have kind of surrendered the the team's championship this year. How much does that hurt? It stings because um, <laughs> we we kind of we 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 kind of we just replaced the carpets and the curtains, and we sort of we got out we we got that odor out of the place, so yeah. we sort of we sort of thought that it was uh, you know, we started to make it our own, but uh, that's all right. The um, one of the the other big talking points uh, across the weekend was the the waters percat coming together on on Sunday. I don't know that could have ended fairly badly for for one of those boys. I'm- Honestly, I don't know how Nick didn't end up in the fence. Mm. He, it looked like, like Waters hit him, like they had r- rear wheel to front wheel contact around one of the, f- the fastest corners in Australian or New Zealand motorsport. I'm trying to do a scave quote there. But <laughs> it worked. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> and, um, I, like he actually climbed and got air and I don't know how he didn't end up in the fence. It looked, it looked kind of stupid from, like the uh, from the TV cameras, but I'm not really sure how it all happened. Mm. It's like, a, uh, I think I think I think Percat came out on better tyres out of the yep. pits, and obviously his car was a bit faster, and he got alongside him. And I think Waters just just cling on, hung around the outside for too long, and yeah, it ended up looking well, a bit those, stupid. Those two were battling for a, a, car, a few laps before that that incident happened. They were having a red hot go at each other, um, and yeah, then kind okay. of escalated, and then. Yeah, I think Nick was like, oh, I'm, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go past. And then, yeah, it could have been, could have been a, a very, very big one. Um, most of the other talking points kind of uh, hinge around Tickford. I mean, Mostert podium again was good. He was the, the kind of the standout from Tickford across the weekend. It's got three podiums in three rounds. It's not bad. It's pretty it's, good. Yeah. It's good. They, I mean, they had a, good, they had a good, good back half of last year as well. Yeah, so I think that they're they're starting to uh, they're starting to, to to face it the right way, which is good. And then Stanaway showing some some late form. Is it is he showing form that's too late? Is this something that he should have been there at the start of the year, or is he just coming good and finally coming to grips with the with the car? I think there's I don't, I don't think there's anyone who questions his talent and his ability, but uh, I think the expectations were probably way too high on mm. everyone's part yeah. with him coming in. I mean, this is a this is a tough category to get your head around, and and you can show promise against other co-drivers, but then when you you're talking about guys like David Reynolds and Scott McLaughlin and and <laughs> others who do this week in week out, it's mm. a, it's another it's another level altogether entirely. I mean, El Bamba was incredible as in the, with the co-drivers this year, came 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 together with it, and you'd expect nothing less of a world-class driver like that. But if you put him in, you, if you said, okay, well, now you're going to do the round at at say Winton, don't expect him to be up the front. Mm. To Richie's credit, the the entire time in the lead up to this season, as soon as it was confirmed that he was going to have a main game drive, he didn't say he was going to 
turn up and wipe the floor with everyone. He didn't say he was he was even aiming to be a regular top ten contender. He just said, "Look, this is I'm a rookie. This is my first year in the category. Like, it's just going to be what it'll be." Mm. And unfortunately, he's been pretty honest about his. Yeah, he was pretty honest when he came in and said it's going to be hard work. But I just don't. Mm. I don't think he realised how hard it was going to be. Yeah. It is mm. certainly super, super hard to do really well. <laughs> yeah, because most of the, most of the, the expectations were put on everyone else since his standout Enduro Cup season last year. And it kind of, mid-year, it kind of looked like the, the rails had fallen off. But I don't know if that, I, I don't know if that can be attributed to Tickford as a whole or whether it was just him coming to groups with the car. So, I mean, we all know he's he had that moment at, at Townsville where he kind of showed his distaste in the car there, Will. Yeah, it's um, definitely not not a way to endear yourself to the team, but like he's a guy that's used to excellence, and you can understand him getting quite frustrated at not quite get not quite getting there. And it's it's nice to see that towards the back end of this year, he's had been able to have a few good results. I mean, he was he was a top ten contender at Pukekohe, and mm. let's hope it's a sign of things to come. Now, the last point that I want to kind of harp on is that we've got the the silly season for next year is well underway out of control spinning again crazy isn't it every Mm. year every year it just goes mental about this time doesn't it who would have ever thought that frosty would leave tickford i would i'm putting my hand up didn't think i thought he would be there forever a lifer but no not the same here i thought he was done dusted i thought he was just shopping around just to have a look and see what's out there yep (laughs) but um yeah i'm so surprised but you know to his credit you know, you got to take the plunge. You got to take the steps sometimes, and for better or worse, only time will tell. Yeah, and uh, and also uh, Timmy Blanchard hanging up the hanging up the helmet for a while. It's uh, look, I I'll be sad to see him go because um, yeah, he's you a know, great guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's an absolute mm. stellar guy. Yeah, um, I, I've shared I've shared a car with him before. Um, he's a good driver, good competitor. And even a better person, so mm. yeah, he's going to be—he's going to be missed. Yeah. So who who fills his seat? I'm well, assuming it's going to be Macaulay. You would think so, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many other drivers around that are you know shopping themselves around. You know, you got Holdsworth out from Team 18, and then Caruso, and then if you believe all the other rumours, Stanaway's out, and Heimgartner's out, and half the bloody fields out looking for <laughs> looking for drive. So who knows? Could finally be your turn. No, I don't. I'm not a walk-up start. I yeah. <laughs> hey, look, it's stability at uh, at Shelby Power Racing Team and the Erebus Penrite Racing Team. So yeah, that's, that's one thing. Yeah, and yeah, that's all that matters. Pasquale's had a great <laughs> rookie season this year. We must say because you know we we gave him big raps and Dave, you gave him big raps as well. So it's good to see him um, have some good results and some results that he can certainly learn from this year. So he should be better for this experience next year. Yeah, mate. He's uh, he's ecstatic with how he's gone this year. Um, obviously, he's a he's a true competitor. He wants to be, you know, first all the time. But he realizes, you know, he's playing the long game. It's it's a very very hard category to come into. But mm. he's kind. He's I reckon he's kind of lucked in because, you know, obviously our cars are very good to drive, yep. quite easy to drive on the limit, and uh, fast when you put it all together. And he's shown he can do the pace. So that, yeah, hopefully he will just get better next year and we'll drag him up the grid. Well, apparently your 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 cars are so good to drive that Team 18 wanted to come and join up with you, but Betty said no, no, you can go <laughs> and do your own thing. <laughs> yeah, they they there was there was talk about you know having an alliance or a satellite team with with those guys, but at the end of the day, when when me and myself and Barry started, uh, well, re, you know, restarted the Holden in 2016, we wanted to build a car that no one else could buy, or we we're not going to sell parts, and no one else could. You know, so there's there's no so we had our own IP. There was no one could come and purchase it or steal our ideas mm-hmm. or anything like that. So you know that's 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 still to true form and to his credit, we're we're sticking by that motto. Perfect. Well, it's no. funny to think like you think back two years to when that program started because I'm in the middle of doing the doing a bit of work on the upcoming Bathurst 1000 book, and you you set a new lap record at Bathurst this year, which took yes. Your old slap <laughs> record, which was set like that was a time when you guys had had a few car problems and you were sent out on green tyres late in the race and told to go home for fun. 
Yeah, you yeah, can't like get the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this new I'm, record, you know, it's about what twenty? Yeah, it's ten laps into a stint. You're out in front, going out hardest for the win. So it highlights right. just how far that team, your team, has come and the hard work that's been put in. I know. Thanks. Well, let's. Um, I think I think we've bled everyone's ears for for long enough. So let's let's uh, kick this baby home. It was fourteen points between Scotty Mack and Shane Van Gisbergen going into Auckland. It's now 14 points going into Newcastle, and it's going to be an absolute ripper weekend on the street circuit. Hopefully, um, Ryan, if you, uh, are you exercising Scott's demons from, from last year? <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we're going there knowing that we will have a, a competitive car out of the truck, and uh, what will be will be. But just positive attitudes. We've done the homework. We've done, we've done the hard yards. Everyone's, everyone's focused on one goal. Every other football cliche you can think to envisage, <laughs> I could insert in this quote. Yep, take it one race um, at a time. Uh, looks one race at a time. It's uh, you know, you know, it's one pass at a time. It's all those things. But it's it's interesting. I think that you know, you, you, the the biggest achievement of all is, and he he sort of references it a bit at Gold Coast. The biggest achievement of all is that this year wasn't a write off. Mm-hmm. After everything that happened last year. With some of the challenges we've had, we, we don't have the fastest car this year. We did have last year, and, and we, we cocked it up. But we've bounced back. We're competitive. We're taking it through to the last event. We want to win this thing, but no matter no matter the result, we'll, we'll be able to hold our heads up high. Yeah, no, I'm so, so looking forward to, to the Newcastle event, and um, I think it's going to be awesome watching the, the two guys at the top of their game slugging it out. Uh, let the best Kiwi win, and that pains me to say that, Dave, because we need an Australian driver at the head. We wish it was you. <laughs> oh, thanks, boys. If, if I could impart any wisdom to Ryan and to tell Scott, generally uh, it's who, who like for the two drivers going for the championship, it's who, because it's so close, you know, it's still anyone's anyone's championship or game, whatever you want to call it, it's the person who deals with the, the lead-up the best that will mm. win it. Yeah, we, and we've we've sort of we 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 hate to use your example here, mate, but uh, we've, we've gone a, we've gone a great length to to try and insulate insulate him off and good idea and, and just ensure that he can focus on what he's there to do and and that's a big part of it. And you're absolutely right, and appreciate appreciate your feedback, mate. Yeah, pa- pass it all on to Shane. He loves doing <laughs> like media stuff. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, yeah, he loves it. Uh, well, boys, <laughs> it's, uh, so good to, to hear from you guys again. So good to, to speak to you. Uh, Will, thank you very much. We will, uh, no doubt catch up at Newcastle. Indeed. Thank you. Uh, Davey, always a pleasure. Uh, no it's worries. always Thanks, good boys. to chat Thanks to you. No worries. And Ryan, I wish you all the best for Newcastle, for DJ Team Penske, and, uh, all the best for then. Thank you, gentlemen. Really appreciate being part of it. Uh, well and we are, we will be back for our last podcast of the year, wrapping up the Newcastle event somewhere after the gala in that week, if we can drag ourselves out of the gutter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. Thank you all for your time. And we will hear, you'll hear from us again after Newcastle.